Thanks for listening to Vermont Edition. I'm Andrea Lorian, one of the producers on the show, and what you're about to listen to has been edited for clarity and brevity. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. This is Vermont Edition. I'm Michaela Lafrac. During the total solar eclipse on April 8th, St. Albans will lie directly in the line of totality. That means they'll experience the eclipse for the longest amount of time, around three and a half minutes of darkness, right in the middle of the afternoon. It also means that St. Albans is expecting a lot of visitors, both from other parts of Vermont and across the country. So how do you prepare for one of the biggest events to hit your town in its history? Here to tell us is Arlie Young, the Planning and Development Coordinator for the City of St. Albans. She's working on public safety coordination alongside her counterparts in the town of St. Albans. Arlie, welcome. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. We're glad to have you. And we are also joined in the studio today by Karen Marie Peltier, the owner of the Back in Time Bed and Breakfast in St. Albans. Karen Marie welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, Arlie, when did you first start thinking about the eclipse as a thing that you were going to need to prepare for? Yeah, it was probably about a year ago. um, Being a designated downtown in the state of Vermont, we're part of a downtown coalition, um, and we do a monthly uh, meeting together with our counterparts in Montpelier. And it was about a year ago that they came um, to our coalition and said, hey, guys, this is coming. Let's start talking (laughs) about it. And uh, so that really uh, set the tone and the start to our conversations within the city, um, which then grew beyond into our community as well. So, yeah. It's been a, a good solid year of a lot of talking. Wow. <laughs> what Briefly, what does it mean to be a designated downtown? So the state of Vermont has some special designations um, for different types of communities. And a designated downtown is an identification of a downtown center um, and putting importance not only in uh, the building of that community as far as housing, um, but also promotion of that downtown just to bring strength and, um, you know, monetary revenue and things like that um, into our downtown. So it was something that the state really put uh, some ideas and funding behind to start building our downtowns out to be a little stronger than they had been probably about 20 or 30 years ago. Okay. And a lot of that planning will hopefully go into effect when you have so many visitors coming in. Have you gotten any sense of how many people might be coming to the St. Albans area? It's a a very hard thing to gauge. um, And you hear a lot of things from a lot of different places. Um, Just in general, the state of Vermont is estimating about 200,000 people to come to the state as a whole for the eclipse. Um, that does not mean that 200,000 people are going to come to St. Albans. There no are one a, panic. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of, a, there are a lot of great events that are spread across uh, from Burlington all the way up to Newport and um, in the northern reaches of our state. So that 200,000 has to be spread across all of those places. You know, in our city center for our specific event, we're kind of thinking in the realm of 5,000 Uh, Could be more, could be less, 
Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out in April. <laughs> well, Karen Marie, uh, uh, Arlie here says that she's been planning uh, with her colleagues for about a year now uh, on what's going to happen on April 8th for the eclipse. When did you get your first call at the end of somebody saying, hey, can I, can I book for this this period of time? Almost two years ago. Wow, really? And that's what put it on my radar. I had no concept that it was coming <laughs> back then. Um and when I started getting like the fifth, sixth, seventh phone call, I said, okay, there's something going on I really need to pay attention mm-hmm. to. Um, but I still uh, sort of waited to see what was going to be happening before I even opened up my reservation calendar for booking. Yeah. Uh, but when I did, I was sold out within three days. Wow. Okay. So when you got that first call two years ago, you did book it no. immediately. You're no. like, I, I need a little time. Yeah. Um, And once you, so you're, you're totally booked out for that. Yes. With a waiting list. Oh, really? Uh, No, I have a two night minimum. So um, typically it's the seventh and eighth that people are, are booking. Um, I have some availability on the weekend and there are going to be a lot of things going on in town from what I understand on the weekend. So um, there's still some room around (laughs) there, but everybody wants to be there for the big event. So. Uh, I've had people ask if they can camp out in my yard. <laughs> I don't think they're very familiar with northern Vermont if they want to do that. Early April. Early April, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, my mother-in-law booked our, uh, our spare space in our house about uh, six months ago. So Whoa. nobody be calling me. That yeah. place is booked up. Let's go first to Danny, who is in St. Albans. Danny, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, so I lived in Salem, Oregon, whenever the totality went over Salem, Oregon in 2017. And I took pictures of it with a bunch of people who came out to Oregon to take pictures of it. I took pictures of it with a disposable camera and got better uh, or a, like a really cheap digital camera. And I got better pictures than the guy from NASA did. <laughs> and I can share with you guys if you want to know how that I did that. Uh, I, they'll give out a bunch of disposable uh, glasses. So you can look at the pre-totality event. And what I did was I took one of those pairs of glasses, taped it to the lens of a camera, and laid on my belly or laid on my back and put the camera on my belly and took pictures of the whole thing. So you'll have a phase where you need the lens on the camera uh, to protect it from the light. But right at totality, you can take the lens off, take pictures of it, and you'll get a little diamond ring right after the diamond ring put the lens back on the camera and, and I got great pictures of it. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. That was a very visual uh, description too. Well, <laughs> Danny, thank you so much. I, are you going to be trying this method again uh, in April? Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get on my neighbor's roof and do it that way because I, I did it in a sheep field in Salem and that wasn't pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a great place to lie on your back. <laughs> well, Danny, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Arlie, Danny brought up the special eclipse glasses that you're supposed to wear if you're going to try to look directly at this thing. I, are those something that the town is trying to, to help people access? Yeah, the so uh, the city, our downtown program uh, with our designated downtown, uh, bought five 5,000 branded glasses for our event in Taylor Park. So those we are going to hand out for free. A lot of our businesses will have them available. Karen Marie will have them available to her 
um, folks who are staying with her as well as the hotel. So we're trying to make sure that we can get as many into hands as possible because obviously we are concerned about safety as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's talk for a minute here about safety. What what are some of those concerns? Um, I mean, visual safety is the top concern. Sure. Uh, you have to have glasses on um, that are rated properly. Um, and I think that sometimes people need to be really careful about what they're buying on the Internet because mm. it's not always uh, rated properly. It might even look like it is, but it's not. So just making sure whatever eye protection you're using is correct. Um, I think the other safety things to think about are just – um, you know, parking, parking in safe places, uh, you know, travel, um, just think about slowing down, um, being patient, I think is going to be a huge one um, across the weekend. Um, and uh, just your general, you know, of course, everybody has a cell phone, they're saying it's possible that cell phone uh, networks are going to be overwhelmed. Again, we have no idea because we don't know the capacity that's going to end up coming. Um, but I think just thinking about that and having some preparedness. Karen Murray. Well, I'm just thinking, um, just to interject a little bit about the infrastructure overwhelm, that did happen a little bit in 2014 during the reenactment of the St. Albans raid. Oh, tell us about that. Which was the northernmost, you know, commemoration of the northernmost action of the Civil War. It was the 150th anniversary. And the number that sticks in my mind of people that sort of overwhelmed St. Albans at that point in time was about 30,000. Wow. And I remember we couldn't get through the streets very well. I went to the reenactment that was being filmed, and it was quite dramatic. (laughs) There was a little moment with a horse that didn't like the crowd. But other than that... but it was it was it was a very exciting time. It was a, it was a lot of fun. But yeah. speaking to the point of uh, being patient with each other, that was necessary. You just couldn't get through the streets. The ATMs did run out of cash. Um, there were things like that that happened, and so you just have to be prepared for those things. I believe. Right. Um, but it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a blast. Everybody who came enjoyed it. Thought it was wonderful. You just can't make memories like that every day. Right. So. Well, and I'm glad you brought up that event because, you know, St. Albans is, you know, it's not as big as Boston or New York City, but you are no strangers to, to hosting festivals and other big events. You also host the Maple Festival Annually. at the end of every April. Um, has that, Karen Marie, we'll start with you, has that experience of being part of the Maple Festival every year kind of helped you figure out like what you'll need to do for your business uh, or just as a resident to prepare for an influx of people? I, I think that We've got the Maple Festival down pat yeah. in St. Albans. I can't remember. What are we up to, 57 years now or something? something? like that, yeah. Um, but the, the raid experience was very different from that because it's just not the normal every year type right. of an event. And so it, it draws a different crowd, I believe, that, you know, those some of those other events. Um, but at any rate, it, it, it's very helpful to be hosting those types of festivals and things. Mm -hmm. Um, And our infrastructure has only gotten better in the last 10 years. Um, St. Albans has, we've really, (laughs) the, the community and the, the, the city, the uh, city staff, the small business owners. um, It's one of the most collaborative and friendly um, communities I've ever lived or worked in. And um, 
we're just, and Arlie heads a lot of that up. So that's why <laughs> when I was called, I immediately hooked you up with her because <laughs> she heads a lot of that up and she's responsible for, you know, really getting that esprit de corps going in the city. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you are thinking about how to get ready for the eclipse in April, we have two guests with us today who have been thinking about this for a while. Arlie Young, the Planning and Development Coordinator for the City of St. Albans, and Karen Marie Pelletier, the owner of the Back in Time Bed and Breakfast, also in St. Albans. Uh, Arlie, as we were talking about these other big events that St. Albans has hosted, um, what are your thoughts on on what... um, what those events like the Maple Festival or like the this big Civil War reenactment that occurred in 2014 uh, helped the town that will be transferable to uh, what's going to be going on in April? For sure. I mean, I think what those uh, past events do is inform specifically our safety um, personnel, our fire department, our police department. It informs them. They have that past experience. We have many members on both sides of that that have been here for quite some time um, that really have that historical knowledge. So they can use that as a basis for safety planning for this event. And while, yes, there is a question mark about how many people would come, your your safety standards and your planning in that direction are going to be the same exactly. uh, for a Maple Festival crowd, a raid crowd, or an Eclipse crowd. So I think it's just informative for us and them to have that historic information. Mm. And uh, as we talk about planning, it reminds me of an email that we got ahead of today's show from um, Megan Sherland, the Mm -hmm. Director of Community Development for the Town of St. Albans. Megan writes, as you may know, the center of the eclipse is going straight through our town and city, but we really feel like the St. Albans Bay is going to be the best place to view the eclipse with no obstruction, unless it's cloudy. I'm also personally and professionally a bit concerned about the lack of knowledge of the event from the average resident, and I've been trying to facilitate a social media campaign informing the general public about this event and the amount of people that could travel here for that day. Um, do you share Megan's concern about that that lack of understanding about what might be coming? I mean, I do think that uh, because we haven't experienced an eclipse in our state since 1932, so there really isn't anybody other than very old people that have been around to experience and what a different world it was then. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I share in Megan's feelings that, um, we want to do everything we can to be safe, I also don't want to be doom and gloom about it or scary about it because I think sometimes, uh, these things can, these numbers get thrown out and things like that. And it becomes like almost this, like, uh, COVID lockdown scenario. Really, where it reminds like, me of Y2K yeah, when you're all convinced the computers gonna were going to explode and kill us all. And yes. then it happened and we're like, oh. I, I had a friend who posted <laughs> on social media um, basically a riff on, oh gosh, we have to watch the ATMs and the parking and the this and the that. It sounds like doom and gloom. And I said, no, it's not a Y2K sort of warning (laughs) you know there's nothing like that it's just be smart and be patient because there are going to be more people in town than usual and that's an exciting thing it's a fun thing exactly and it's a once in our lifetime opportunity and I think that's what we try very hard to translate to our 
followers on social media, people who are looking at our website, and people who are listening to us and things like this. Uh, we want it to be a celebration of what we have to offer in our state. And we have a call coming in from Bob in Proctor. Bob, you're on the air. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm a, I come from a family of eclipse chasers. Uh, my, between the four of us, uh, we've been to China, Egypt, uh, Prince Edward Island. Uh, most recently, we were in Montana to see the eclipse. Um, and I had a couple of thoughts um, to, 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 uh, to uh, talk about. One is, um, um, it's like a, the, the event is like a, a, a football game in that everybody arrives slowly and everybody leaves at once. Yes. <laughs> so the traffic jams can be just unbelievable at the end of these. Mm. That, that's one message I guess you, you ought to know. It's also really important to be in as close to the center line as possible. You will hear people saying, I saw the eclipse in Rutland. I live in the Rutland area. And what they saw, if they looked through uh, the correct glasses, is the moon seeing, uh, covering a portion of the sun. When it covers the whole sun and you can see the aurora around it, it is spectacular. And that's the three and a half minutes that we're talking about. That's an unusually long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess the the other point I would make is, and maybe you've got some experts would disagree with me, but uh, number five welder's glass can be used to see the eclipse and it's optically good if you're taking pictures through it. Of course, you don't need that during totality, but if you're taking pictures during the partial time. Mm. Bob, you do sound like an expert. I love these tips. Where will you be watching this April 8th eclipse from? <laughs> well, um, we have a camp, but it's not on the center line on, on Lake Champlain. I've considered uh, the Hero Islands, and then I look at the causeway off the Hero Islands, and I wonder uh, whether that's going to be an unbelievable jam. So um, along the interstate isn't a bad place to look, and I would encourage people to scout out places an open field that faces in the right direction and has a good clear view of the sky because the whole sky looks different uh, is, is really important. I think somebody said along the shore would be a perfect place. I don't know. Uh, it'll be to the West should be to the West. So a view to the West would be preferable because it's three mm. thirty in the afternoon. Mm. Well, Bob, thank you so much for calling in. I think you're referring to um, Megan Sherland, the Director of Community Development for Saint Al- the town of St. Albans, who suggested St. Albans Bay as a great spot to look at the eclipse. Um, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, just off the interstate, we should warn folks, don't just pull don't, right off yeah. that highway, find a safe spot to, to yes, park. Uh, <laughs> Harley, I see you nodding there. I'm sure traffic uh, is is going to be a bit of a, a concern. It's something that we talk a lot about, and this is uh, entirely out of our control in a lot of ways, other than just saying to people, yes. Please don't just stop on the side of roads. Don't just go into somebody's field. Um, Just try to make sure that wherever you're going, that whomever lives or stays there knows that you're coming. Mm -hmm. Or if you're coming to an event, you know, there's many different events, especially around St. Albans Town and City. Um, Depending what kind of viewing you want to do, you can find an event that's going to meet that. Uh, need. So rather than just pulling over somewhere randomly, uh, please just find a safe place to be. Mm. Well, one of the places you could be is in the park in St. Albans for a big, uh, 
big day of festivities that you all are yes. starting to get involved yes. in, right? Yeah. I'd love to hear from both of you about about what you're excited for for that day. Yeah, I mean, I think for myself, uh, we are just our event is for people who just want to come with their families. It's going to be a really fun family event, music, there will be food trucks, there's going to be a few other things that I'm not quite ready to divulge yet. Um, But we're working on a couple of other fun things happening in the park, again, very family oriented. Um, So if you're looking to just have some fun, uh, view the eclipse at the same time, come on down to Taylor Park. Karen Marie, what are you excited about for it? Well, I'm a block and a half from the park, so. Mm. <laughs> Good spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the great things about um, my place is that it's so, it's downtown, you know, and um, so you can walk to shops and eateries, and there are so many fun little places um, to visit in St. Albans. So mm. anytime we do a festival, I liken it to when we have fireworks, maybe the traffic situation. He's right. You know, everybody shows up at different times, but they all want to leave as soon as the fireworks yes. are over. And, um, and we do that in the park a lot as well. It's never a huge problem. I mean, I've lived in places like Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., and so when I hear Vermonters talk about the traffic problem that's coming, I have to kind of giggle to myself because it's nothing like what, you know, when you have to wait 10 minutes at a light to go a quarter of a mile and wait another 15, which is what, you know, where where I've lived, you know. This is nothing. Um, People are friendly and courteous in Vermont, and um, they wave each other ahead and help each other. So I'm not stressed out about that type of thing at all. Um, I think that uh, I'll be in the park and I'll be on my deck and I'll be taking care of guests and uh, numerous friends who have decided that they're, they're going to be at my place for the day. So uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, the city always plans great events, the musicians and um, you know, the, the special things that get done for different holidays are always really top notch. So whatever's planned, I usually tell people to participate and I've never had anyone come back and complain. Mm. Everyone always enjoys it. I, I hear feedback from people from, I mean, I have guests from all over the world. Um, yes, we do get a lot of travelers from the Boston area, the New York area, but honestly, we get, we get, guests from literally all over the world and um, I enjoy hearing their unique perspective and sort of seeing the different things that we do in St. Albans from their eyes. Um, it actually informs, I'm also the uh, on the City Design Advisory Board, and it sort of informs my perspective there as well mm-hmm. as to what we've done so well to improve the downtown over the last 10, 15 years. Mm. Well, our number is 800-639-2211. If you have questions about viewing the April 8th eclipse or tips if you've seen one before, we received an email from Jared who writes, My wife and I traveled to Tennessee for the 2017 eclipse. It was wonderful and actually made better by sharing it with others. We gathered in a small state spot state park near the border with Kentucky and enjoyed an interactive program with state game wardens who had several raptors that uh, we had, they were on hand. I'm not quite understanding that sentence, Jared, but the that he did say the wild birds fell silent as mm. totality approached and the sky got dark. Here's hoping for clear skies on April 8th. Now, Arlie, this reminds me, Jared uh, and his wife traveled to Tennessee for the eclipse. Mm -hmm. Um, You've spoken with folks 
in Tennessee and and other states, right? About like how how to get ready. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been with a few different groups uh, on the state level as well as the local level, um, looking into some of these other eclipses. And we uh, had a little webinar um, with a smaller town, a town of five thousand people in Tennessee. Um, for that eclipse, and they had 52,000 people come to wow. their town. So it's real that something like that can happen, um, but it's also Tennessee, and it was also, I think, August. So, you know, you think about weather in Tennessee in August, and you think about weather <laughs> in Vermont in, in April. April. Very different things. Yes. Um, and this eclipse does run right up through, like, Texas and places like that that are on the warmer side. So somebody looking for like a big camping experience is going to head down uh, to those areas. Hmm. Well, we got another email just now from a listener named Joe who writes, my life's biggest concert is on the horizon. On April 8th, my eldest child, Jay, will help me in performing all the parts of Dark Side of the Moon with a real eclipse at the end Mm -hmm. for our friends at the local state park in Elmore. I've been planning this since October 4th, 1986, when I cut school in fourth grade to watch an eclipse. I hid in the alleys so my mom wouldn't catch me. It was cloudy, and I saw nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so sorry. (laughs) So sorry, Jay, but I love that that idea of performing Dark Side of the Moon at Elmore. I hope you get lots of folks there. I actually think that that's what they're doing at Jay Peak. Oh, yeah? I believe they're sold out, but I believe that Jay Peak (laughs) is doing Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, Amazing. Um, We also got an email from Robin who writes that there are fake listings of real homes and photos represented as for rent. Be aware of online rental scams. Mm -hmm. Karen Murray, have you heard about this happening? Have you been in the hospitality business? Uh, Yes. So there are scams galore, unfortunately, about everything nowadays. And basically, you want to deal directly whenever possible. For instance, I prefer that my guests book directly on my site or, you know, through a phone call as opposed to a booking.com or Expedia or something like that. First of all, you'll pay less, but um, you'll have a better idea of what you're dealing with mm. if you if you deal direct. Sure. Um, you usually get the best price, so that's another incentive for doing that. Um, but you should be able to check out reviews um, on multiple locations if it's a reputable type of a place to rent if that if it claims to be an Airbnb um, then you know you're going to be able to see reviews on Airbnb you're, you should check out Google reviews you should check out TripAdvisor um, but even on if you do book through a third party they have reviews and you know they give awards to top performers. So um, if it's a VRBO and they're claiming it's a private room in a home, there's no such thing. Um, VRBO only does entire homes. Mm. So that's one tip. You just sort of have to, um, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, especially around the eclipse because everybody in this area has inflated their prices for that time. Uh, after a long winter in Vermont yeah. <laughs> with high heat bills, everyone's anxious to <laughs> yeah, yeah, to recoup those losses. I hear that. <laughs> to start the year off right, the new tourism season off right. So if it sounds too good to be true, it probably, probably is. is. Good rule of thumb. Well, let's get in a couple more calls before you have to wrap up. We have Barbara up in Montreal on the line. Barbara, you're on the air. Go ahead. 
Oh, thank you. Um, I'm just wondering, if the day turns out not to be a bright, sunny day and it's just cloudy and miserable, um, the event could still be an interesting one anyway, couldn't it? I mean, it yes. would suddenly get dark at, like, yes. at night and then brighten up again. Yes. So people shouldn't sad if that happens <laughs> great point Barbara right. um, I get, yeah. get some thumbs up from our guests in the studio about that I just uh, recently shared a video on our downtown St. Albans Facebook page um, about that exact thing Barbara um, yes you will still see the sky go black like nighttime even if you can't see the sun so there's still an experience to be had and even those folks who have experienced eclipses that way say it's still fascinating um, if you're out somewhere where you can hear and feel nature um, you're going to hear and feel those changes with the birds like you were saying the birds going quiet nighttime animals maybe coming out or making noises that they wouldn't normally make so there's still a lot of interest there and for us uh, we're having an event regardless of what <laughs> the weather is exactly. and if it happens to be a snowstorm or rainy we're going to move it into our city hall auditorium so there will still be an indoor place for everybody to have some fun exactly i couldn't agree more great well let's get in one more call we have lynn and Queechy on the line lynn you're on the air go ahead hi good afternoon hi there um i think it's great that you folks are hi can you hear me yes we can go ahead <laughs> I am calling as a, I guess you could call me an umbrophile. They call those eclipse chasers. I started a Moon Over Vermont website, which is an online resource free for folks. And having gone to Madras, Oregon in 2017 and seeing it firsthand with my family was, it was sort of life altering and hence the uh, chance to do something for Vermonters and, and others. Um, so Moon Over Vermont is basically a place where you can find historical timelines on eclipses, educational resources. Um, Mr. Mr. Fred Espinek, who's known as Mr. Total Eclipse, who's seen 20 plus, is um, shared information on there. And we just have a host of resources uh, for folks to take a look. We also partnered with the Girl Scouts of Vermont, and they're going to be doing a badge program with our with our um, Moon Over Vermont brand, um, giving them good information and activities for, for them to achieve their badge program. So. We hope people will take a look and a visit, and we're obviously praying for good weather. Mm. Um, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, Vermonters and the media are getting behind this, and it will be a, a great day, regardless of the weather. It will. Well, Lynn, thank you so much. I really hope those Girl Scouts get a, like, really cool solar eclipse badge <laughs> yes. or something very yes. special for this day. <laughs> all right. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment. We're going to have to take a short break. If you have questions about the eclipse or big plans for it, we would love to hear about it because we will certainly be covering many more eclipse stories between now and April 8th. You can email those ideas to us at vermontedition at vermontpublic.org. Arlie Young, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a treat. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll just throw in right at the end, you know, come to downtown St. Albans. Come on the weekend. We got lots of things happening and we'd love to have you. And Karen Marie Peltier, thank you as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me.